are so lucky within just a few minutes. The world-famous Russian dog wizard, Vlade, the Russian dog wizard, will be joining us and answering your questions at 1-866-405-8405. Today, I'm going to talk about the sex. Train your husband as the dog. Use the sex as the cookie. He obeys you, he gets the sex. He disobeys you, no sex. As always, is here on Animal Radio. Please give us a call at 1-866-405-8405. Celebrating our connection with our pets. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Listener just called in. Yes, you can get the Animal Radio newsletter free of charge every month. It has some great tips and advice. It's all at AnimalRadio.com. You can also email us at yourvoice at AnimalRadio.com. We got an email just a few minutes ago. Hey, Hal and Judy, my schnauzer has allergies. Oh, I hear this so much this time of year. Oh, everyone. People have it. Animals have it. Matt goes on to say he's scratching his hind legs until they bleed. This happens every spring. What can we do? Well, first thing you need to do is isolate the allergy. You need to ask your vet to find out what he's allergic to. And as soon as we can do that, as soon as we can isolate what he's allergic to, then we can find a solution and your vet will have some great ideas. Some drastic, maybe some not so drastic. Of course, today, maybe you'll hear some ideas. We'll be focusing on allergies that pets have. Also today, Gary Berghoff, Radar from MASH is joining us. Second or third time? Second or third time? I think it's about the third time. Also, Vlade, the world-famous Russian dog wizard, and our vets answer your questions at 1-866-405-8405. Let's find out what's on your mind right now. Who's this? Hi, Al. It's Lori. Hi, Lori. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Very well. Where are you calling from? Uh, I'm currently driving through Texas. Driving through Texas? Yeah. Okay. Drive carefully there. What can we do for you? Um, I just have a suggestion for Matt. Okay. I I was a transplant from the north to the south, and my dog was allergic to the mold spores in the grass. Oh, wow! In the grass? Yeah. What'd you do? Um, the do- the vet put him on steroids for a very short period of time. You put him on in a high dose, and then they wean him down, and it takes care of the problem for like a six month period of time. Very drastic, though. Yeah, yeah, but it worked. <laughs> Yes, he had the problem. They said it was common for northern dogs. They didn't have the same antibodies to the stuff in the south. So that makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. Uh, prednisone is a is a great steroid for animals for a lot of different reasons. But right. long term, of course, it's no good. But if you could do it for a month or less, then it, it could that's, be very good. Yeah, that's how they did it. They would do it for like a month at a time, and then last about six months. How did your dog show you that he was allergic to the grass? What was he doing? Same thing. He started licking, and he would get sores. And they would, I mean, they would flare up instantly, you know? If you didn't catch it within a day, next thing you know, he had a huge, like, gaping boil almost. It was really kind of gross. Was it when you were traveling? Was it certain grass? No, we just, we moved from Massachusetts down to Florida, and boom, that was it. Other than that, though, he's doing good, huh? Well, he's deceased now. <laughs> now I own southern dogs. So. You have seven dogs now? No, I own southern dogs. Southern now, dogs. So. Southern dogs. They don't dogs. have the same problem, right? They were born and raised in the south. There you so. go. They're immune to that moldy, spory grass. That's right. How many animals yeah. do you have right now? I have five. Three dogs and two cats. Do they travel with you? 
the two cats and the two little wiener dogs do, but the big dog, she stays home. Really? The cats travel with you. Do they like that? Oh, they love it. In the truck with you? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Some cats they're, like that and some don't. Well, we got them as babies, so they're very used to it. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for that tip there and the, the hint. Sure. Steroids, very good. Ask your veterinarian and your veterinarian if he feels that steroids are the way to go if your dog is allergic or your cat. Works great for the cat, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll let you know. We appreciate your call. Well, we appreciate your show. Thank you so much. Have a good day. I said enough. Hey, gang, this is the Money Man. Eddie Money, make sure you spay to your pets and keep the dial right here to Animal Radio. It's the greatest station in the world. Remember, the advice you hear on today's show is for entertainment purposes only. Please be sure to consult your own vet regarding your pet. Celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Wow, I just got one of those deja vus. What's that? Like I've been here before. Hi. Has that ever happened? Yeah, in the studio. It happens all the time. You booked a big show today. We have a really big shoe today. From MASH. And I still watch that on Nickelodeon. I love that show. It's still on, yes. Gary Berghoff, he plays Radar O'Reilly. He's a big animal lover on the show. He's a big animal lover in real life. And he'll be joining us today. Also, your medical questions for your pet, 1-866-405-8405 with our animal radio veterinarian. And, of course, at his brand-new radio home, the world-famous Russian dog wizard, Vlade. What do you got coming up today? Yes, I'm very excited to talk about the bad things and about the good things, but I would love to share with your listeners uh, horrific statistics about uh, canine aggression. We already have a situation where our best friends, man's best friends, turns into the worst enemy. We have a, we have a um, really epidemic of uh, canine aggression in this country. Dogs bite Americans more than any other nation in the world. And I will tell you why, as far as giving the people cure and solutions for these problems. I also success will will share my success uh, how to um, combat any unruly problems in the pets. Of course, I will give answers to the callers, and everything will be uh, here on the Animal Radio exclusively for the Animal Radio. Let's clear some lines. Hi, who's this? This is Melanie from Bloomsburg, Pennsylvania. Hi, Melanie. How you doing today? Good, except I have a little bit of a cat fight going on at home. Uh-oh. A cat fight at home? Uh-oh, okay, what's going on? Well, I had found a road cat about a year ago. Um, assumed she was about four months old at the time. Ended up being a great cat. We love her dearly. Um, had an opportunity to get a kitten on Friday. Mm. And uh, the big cat doesn't like little cats too much. <laughs> Ooh, how did you introduce them? Um, probably not correctly. <laughs> okay. I was just holding the kitten, actually, and she approached us. What's the big cat's name? Uh, actually, his name is, her name is Junie. Judy? Junie. Junie. J-U-N-I-E, Junie. Yeah, and what's the small cat's name? Have you named him yet? The small cat has not gotten a name yet. What is Junie doing to the small cat? Well, she gets about three feet away, and her tail puffs out, and... She haunches up, and her mouth opens as wide as the cat's mouth could open, and her teeth bare, and she just starts hissing. Wow. Very scary. And then she gets this guttural growl. Whenever, if I'm holding the big cat and the kitty walks by, she just starts growling like a dog almost. Well, we have some good news for you. 
Well, it's gonna it's gonna be some work. It is a little bit of work, but we've seen what? this we've seen this exact situation here at the Animal Radio Studios. One cat uh, being introduced to the family. We thought there was going to be some big time fights going on for a mm-hmm. while. They're little lovers now. They just curl up and cuddle, and they're best of friends. How did we deal with that? Well, the big cat, when it sees a little kitten, views it as prey. Mm, yum. That's what I thought. Tasty yes, treat. Something to chase. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't know how you introduced him, but you can start from the very beginning. And only because it was a few days ago. Yeah. So you can do this. Yeah. Okay. You need to take the kitten and put him in a room. Make sure he has food, water, litter. Keep him in a room and then let you let Junie, Junie have the run of the house. Uh, after a while, take the kitten out, put Junie into that room and close the door. The old swapperoo. The old swapperoo. Huh? This will give Junie a chance to smell where the kitten has been and laid without the kitten actually being there. You'll want to do this for a few days. Keep them separate. Keep the the kittens separate overnight if you do have them out together make sure they're supervised at all times shouldn't you play with them together so that yes. one understands the other is not prey and you want to kind of distract junie get a toy like a fishing pole with you know mouse on the end of or something and play with them together so that junie will be distracted from the kitten and yeah. you'll have to keep them separate sometimes it just be a few days sometimes it could take a couple weeks but don't leave them together unsupervised It'll happen. They will come around. Once Junie realizes the kitten is not an edible treat (laughs) or a threat uh, and that it's a family member, things will change. And we've seen it happen over and over, not only here at the studios, but we hear stories about this all the time. So I encourage people, if you just introduced a brand new cat to the household, don't get frustrated if it looks like they're not getting along at first. There's so many ways. Uh, We're going to actually send you a new kitten book that talks about introduction, okay? Great. Great. We we thank you for listening to Animal Radio. Let us know how it works out. Let us know what the kitten's name is, okay? I I, I sure will. I I hope it works out because my old English sheepdog, who is huge, Loves the kitten. They have bonded already. Well, you see, this is good because the sheepdog is showing Junie that this is a family member and not prey. So that's good. You're on your way there. Good. Okay. Glad to hear it. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Hang tight for one second. We need to get some information from you. 1-866-405-8405. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Hi, everybody. I'm Dr. Jim Humphreys for Animal Radio. Pet owners love to spend money on their pets, no question about it. But what happens when their dog is hit by a car or the cat needs an emergency surgery? Advances in medical care for pets have made miracles possible, but it also comes with a great price. What are the options to help with these unexpected pet costs? Between the United States and Canada, pet owners will spend more than $45 billion on their four-legged family members. But a specific trauma event or a serious illness can devastate personal finances or potentially lead to heart-wrenching decisions. Fortunately, the availability of pet insurance, pet health savings plans, and even credit cards for pets will help some owners keep their pets around a little longer. The problem? Consumer advocates don't think this is a good plan. Pet insurance is not a brand new idea. Actually, it's been around for more than 25 years. In general, you pay the veterinarian for the services 
that are done and then submit a claim to the company. After deductibles are applied, the pet insurance company will send out a check based on the type of plan you have. Although you won't get 100% of your money back, it certainly will help ease the financial burden. But some consumer advocates don't agree. Consumer Reports has stated that insurance is only beneficial if something catastrophic happens to your pet. They recommend placing the premiums into a savings account instead. Veterinarians as a whole have not been overly receptive of pet insurance over the years either. Many become afraid that the managed care system might burden the process with paperwork. And some fear being disappointed by the pet insurance denial of claims. Jack Stevens, founder of Pets Best Insurance, has other thoughts. He says medical problems don't wait until you've saved enough money and then stay within the savings that you've accumulated. Jack points out also that Americans are not known to be good savers. If only a few pet owners are utilizing some sort of pet insurance or savings plan, what are the other options? Fortunately, for some pet owners, Care Credit may be the solution. Care Credit offers several flexible payment options that allow clients to make payments over several months. But like other lines of credit, interest rates can skyrocket if the balance is not paid within a specific time. The advances in veterinary medicine over the past few decades have been absolutely amazing. But there are costs associated with the life-saving skills and all that high-tech equipment. If your pet suffers a traumatic injury or has a very serious illness, make sure you understand the costs as well as the procedures. Talk with your veterinarian about the options that are available to you to pay the bill. And be proactive in planning for your pet's health care. For the Veterinary News Network at MyVNN.com, I'm Dr. Jim Humphreys reporting for Animal Radio. Hey, you want to keep a secret from your dog? It's the new fish sticks from Canine Caviar. They're good for your dog's teeth, gums, and also his achy joints. And fish sticks from Canine Caviar are 100% natural, completely digestible, and contain no chemical preservatives, additives, or fillers, and they're low in calories. But don't tell your dog that. All they care about is that they taste good. Get your dog fish sticks at caninecaviar.com. That's www.caninecaviar.com. Buddy, don't do that. Don't worry. Lots of dogs eat grass. Didn't you hear? Dogs can get worm infections from eggs and larvae in the grass. Those parasites can even infect humans. I know. That's why I give my dog Safeguard Canine Dewormer twice a year. It's a safe and easy way to eliminate and prevent the major intestinal worms that infect dogs and to protect my family against infection. Where can I find out more? Just visit www.safeguard.com. That's S-A-F-E hyphen G-U-A-R-D dot com. Flavocin keeps cartilage, tendons, and ligaments healthy and joints flexible. Hear what people are saying about Flavocin. Concerning my dog Zodiac, I started her on the Flavocin um, probably about a month and a half ago. I have to tell you, for a 13-year-old German Rottweiler um, with spinal arthritis, she made a turnaround in less than seven days. We had thought that we might be leaving her this year and have to put her down, but she seems to be really reacting to it very well. To find out more, visit www.yourolderdog.com. That's yourolderdog.com. Animal Radio is being brought to you by the American Red Cross, providing you with information and training to protect the dogs and cats you love. For more information, visit redcross.org or petcentric.com, a proud supporter of the American Red Cross. Hi, I'm Jay Moore, and as a sports fan, I can tell you there's nothing quite better than spending a day in the park playing catch with a beautiful lady. 
Like Shirley, my dog. Listen, adopt a pet. They are the most loyal companions you will ever have. Visit Pets911.com or call 1-888-PETS-911. Hooray! For more information, go to Pets911.com. Proud to be a partner of Animal Radio. Celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. We want to welcome a brand new member to the Animal Radio family to answer your questions. Dr. Jill Richardson. Hi, Doc. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Can I call you Dr. Jill? Can we just all call you Dr. Jill? Will that work? <laughs> That's what everybody calls me, my mom. Even your mom, okay? My I mom like tells me that. One eight six. She does not smack her across the face. You make her do that. It's mandatory yeah. for her to do that. Okay, I like that. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. If you want to talk to Doctor Jill, coming up on today's show, Gary Berghoff. Is that correct? That's correct. I'm reading that right. Okay, Gary Berghoff, radar uh, from Mash. Uh huh. This will be his second or third time on the show. I think so, somewhere around there. He's a big-time animal lover. Loves those animals. Also, this is a wonderful story. This is a heart warmer. Imagine having a pet turtle of 50 years. Wow. And it escapes when you leave the the gate open. Oh, no. Not a fast animal, but it escapes. Uh Uh-huh. And it's even you lose an animal like that after fifty years, you could be very heartbroken. This happened to eighty-nine year oh ninety year old ninety ninety year old Ray Stenson. But the turtle is back. That's the good news. It's all good news, and we'll be yapping with him what, in a few minutes here. Uh huh. Very good. Let's uh, let's take our first call. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. Hi, who's this? Um, Javier. Hi, Javier. How are you doing? Okay. Um, actually, I had a question about my my dog. He's getting old, and. and um, I guess, I think, is it normal for dogs, old dogs, to get tum- tumors and stuff? Um, you mean little, what do you, what do you mean exactly? Does he have well, gross all got, over his body? He's got one in his, underneath, underneath his eyelid. He had one in, under his paw. Uh-huh. And then another one on, on his, because, uh, you know, um, I, I groom him all the time because I love him very much. Anyway, um, uh-huh. he's, uh, he's got one on his neck. It's black uh-huh. and it kind of like, ex- uh, what do you call it, excretes uh, black stuff. And there's another one that's oh. in his eye that's kind of yeah. like white stuff. So, What kind of dog is he? Um, half chow, <clears throat> half uh, probably Akita, I would uh-huh. imagine. So he's got really thick fur too, right? So he might have some more you can't even see. Um, for sure. Do you fill him over really well? I'm sorry? Do you, if you fill, you fill over his whole body and you that's about the only one yeah, you see? Yeah, yeah. Well, what happens because over here in California, um, we, we we get these uh, goat head, or goat heads and these, uh, uh, fox heads. I don't know. I, I used to live in Iowa, but I forget if they're over here. Anyway, they, they they embed themselves, of course, and they keep traveling. Mm-hmm. In, so that's why I check. You know, when we walk. Oh, okay. Walk. Okay. Good. And how old is he? He's about twelve, going on thirteen. Okay. What's his name? Luke. <laughs> Luke. Fluke, because that's where, you know, back in 96 is when that movie came out. Oh, fluke. Okay, okay. (laughs) The thing about gross, as an animal gets older, they do develop little warts. They can develop warts or gross or anything. And the the interesting thing is, is that a normal growth, like a wart, which is going to be benign, can look exactly like a malignant tumor, which could be cancerous. And the only way to figure out the difference, you can't look at them and tell that um, your veterinarian would actually need to take a sample of the cells from that growth and look at it underneath a microscope or send it off to a um, 
a specialist that can figure out if it is a benign tumor or a malignant tumor. Um, if it's a benign tumor, you know, dogs can function fine with it. Um, he may look a little strange to people and scary to children if he's got a lot of gross on his body, um, but it really wouldn't hurt him unless it causes him problems, um, you know, with mobility or if it's, you know, with that one that's oozing, that doesn't sound good because that could lead to an infection. Right. Um, I, I talked to my local vet, and he said it's some kind of a, like a tear duct that uh, can turn kind of uh, backwards and start exuding uh, this cottage. Oh, the fluid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, you may want to you may want to bring him in and have him take a look at that, and then you know while he's you know if you go ahead and have that taken off, and while he's under, they could take samples of the other ones just to make sure that they're you know they're benign, that they're not going to be a problem. But, but and, you know, like I said, it, it's really hard to tell the difference unless you do have a sample of it. But it's not like something like that's, like, very drastic that, that I'm going to lose them within six months or, you know. Well, the only way you... The only way you know for sure is to take a sample and have somebody examine it, and they can tell you exactly what what kind of cells they are, and it, you can't just tell by looking at it. But I, I caught it enough that it, it's small enough that it can be dealt with, right? Yeah, yeah. So the sooner you take him in and have it checked, the better. That's what I, that's what I thought. Okay, cool. Thank you for your Thanks. call, Javier. one 405 8405 Now, we're linked to you live. You're in uh, New Jersey, is that correct? I'm in beautiful New Jersey. Beautiful New Jersey. <laughs> now, I understand the last few weeks there's been a smell in New York, and they say it's coming from New Jersey. Do you know anything about that? They always say that. It's not New Jersey that smells bad. It's Pennsylvania. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. It's Animal Radio, celebrating our connection with our pets. We do it every weekend. We thank you for joining us. Go ahead, grab your pets, bring them over to the radio. We actually have some high frequency noises that only your dogs can hear, and they're actually being entertained on another level as we in the human voice range talk right now. You're not feeding them any subliminal no, messages. No, no, but there like are that? two shows going on, okay. one for the dogs and one for you. Vlade, how are you doing? I am doing wonderful. Uh, you're always talking about treating the dogs like they're dogs and not like humans. Dogs must be treated as the dogs. In fact, dogs wants to be treated as the dogs. Listen, people, if the God wants to create instead of dogs the humans, he would create them as the humans. But they came to us as the dogs, and we love them because they are the dogs and not as the humans. Uh, you know, you can sleep with your dog in the bed. You can, um, you know, bathing them in the bathtub with you together. You maybe can feed them out of your table, maybe giving them Russian caviar with Russian vodka. But they're still the dogs. And if you will treat them as the humans, they will treat you as the dogs. Ooh, okay. So you can love them up, but remember, they're the dogs, and you've got to be in control. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. It's, a, it's the same thing like with the, with the parents and kids. Back in Europe, we don't believe uh, kids and parents need to be equals. So we don't believe uh, in any friendship around. We just believe when the, when the parents becoming friends to their kids, kids are growing, not raising. It's always demarcation line, and there is no loss of the love or something. This is just the marcation of the line. We say, eh, eh, you don't talk to the parents this way. Talk to your friend that way. That's it. one 405 Hi, who's this? Hi, this is Sarah. Hi, Sarah. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Thanks. Where are you calling from? Michigan. Michigan? Where in Michigan? 
Grand Rapids. Grand Rapids. You're pretty nearby. Sarah, you you you're calling to the Michigan guy. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I have a Siberian Husky, and she's developed a pattern of attacking very small dogs. Oh boy, and I gotta tell you. I mean, the hell is going to right now yell at me again because I'm talking talk about the breed trays. Huskies has a beautiful eyes. Sounds like mine, but. <laughs> Huskies are great pets, but they, they are some problematic. If if you don't train them right and socialize them right, we see in our practice a lot of problems with the Huskies and Malamu. As a matter of fact, I am working right now in my boot camp in my home, one Husky brought all the way from Chicago, and I'm working with that pet. But, Sarah, your question is, you have a Husky who is um, basically attacking small dogs. What about the big dogs? Just fine. Plays. There's no aggression. She's perfect mm -hmm. with them. Okay. By attacking, did you mean you you even had chance to let her go and she will chase and kill and try to kill or bite, or you you thinking about just having her on the leash and she goes after? Well, both times the attack occurred, she was at a day camp. We mm -hmm. were not supervising her, and they were playing in a penned area without leashes, and she mm -hmm. actually bit the dog and tried she to pick the them dog. up and shake them to kill them. You know. Oh, boy. Um, oh, boy. Okay. I, I will tell you very, very honestly. From this, from the, what you, from what you just told me, first of all, I, when it comes to this situation, I will tell you, don't risk it. You need to find a good qualified trainer in your area who would help you out. But from my perspective, your chance to make your dog to love another little dog's almost zero. Okay. What you can do, the best case scenario, to teach her tolerate and be around in other pets, little pets, and don't go after. And it can be done again by doing, implementing two things. Number one, teaching her walk without pulling. You know, the Huskies likes to pull, and that's genetic, that's the breed traits, because if, he, if they don't like the pull, they haven't been chosen for reproduction. So they like to pull tremendously. So you need to put the prong, pinch collar on them, and implement uh, my, uh, my approach of the dog training, which is uh, reverse directions and uh, snap in the opposite directions. You can visit my website, 911dogwizard.com, and check out DVD Abidance for Life. Um, but another thing also, you need, so, so the goal is, you know, you will focus your dog on you. Once your dog focuses on you, she cannot be focused on another little or big whatever pets at the same time. So make her worry on you more than she worry in other, in other pets. Now, the thing is, you can make even the good, strong corrections, whatever you will do, but she may will not take it from you because she doesn't assume you are the leader. That is why you need to establish also a system of rules, discipline, and structures. I'm going to give you a couple of them. The rest you can find from DVD. For instance, never eat before, never never feed her before you eat. Always make her stay away from your table when you're working on the desk or eating. Uh, make her wait before you go inside and outside of your, for any entrance, any doorstep for, for your house. Uh, ignore her. See, dog training, um, especially when you're having uh, problem dogs, it's like dating the boys. The more attention you have, you give, the less you will get in return. The more attention you will give to her, the less you will get in return. The less attention you will give to her, the more dear it will be for her. So, 
by doing a lot of st- uh, implementing rules of Kenyan culture, which is uh, never give any commands you cannot enforce, always reinforce, and such and such, will put you in the lead position. And doing obedience training together, uh, it will really, really put you in the in the in the leadership position. In your situation, if if uh, you have qualified professional trainer, I also would use electronic color as well. And I, I'm not afraid to say it on national uh, radio because I believe I believe it's a great tool and can be used intelligently in your situation as the last resort. But it must be must, must be used just under supervision of professional because people even plastic knife in the wrong hands can be extremely dangerous weapon. But send me email because you're from Michigan. I will give you more detailed approach. You can also contact me from vlari at animalradio.com. Okay? All right. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for your help. 1-866-405-8405. You're listening to Animal Radio. Learn more. This is Fred Willard on Animal Radio. Remember to spay and neuter your animals. I've had it done to me. It's not that. <laughs> this is an Animal Radio News Update made possible by the Simple Solution Natural line of 100% biodegradable pet care products. Hello, I'm Kay Brown reporting for Animal Radio. Sometimes rescuers need a little help themselves. In the United Kingdom, the tables were turned when a St. Bernard, a breed commonly known for saving people, got into a spot of bother on a British beach and had to be rescued by the Cornwall Coast Guard. Arnold, a 95 kilo, that's 15 stones, St. Bernard Cross Mastiff, hates the water, but followed another dog down steps to a beach but got cut off by the rising tide. It took six burly lifeboat men to wrestle the pongy pooch into a fishing net and carry him to safety on the lifeboat. But it's not the lifeboat's only animal rescue. In the past 12 months, they've saved 40 dogs, five horses, four dolphins and 11 sheep. A Japanese parrot, which escaped from his home, did exactly as he'd been taught when strangers tried to help him. He recited his name and address. However, the bird didn't spill the beans to the cops who initially took him to a police station. It was only when he was taken to a vet clinic that the bird announced, I'm Mr. Yosuke Nakamura. The clever African Grey also gave his address before entertaining staff with songs until the real Mr. Nakamura arrived to take him home. It seems the birds are smarter in Japan than their drug detection officers who planted some cannabis in a suitcase chosen at random to make detecting the drug more realistic for the trainee sniffer dogs. Oops. The sniffer dog failed to find the stash and the officer couldn't remember which bag he had picked, meaning some unsuspecting passenger flew into Tokyo carrying $9,000 worth of cannabis, compliments of Japanese customs officials. A British university student suffered serious friction burns when he saved a small dog from certain death after the pup's lead was caught inside a moving train. Dar Pardon was on his way home from a Pink Floyd concert and had just got off a train when he spotted the pup being dragged along the platform. Despite onlookers' warning of the dangers, the 18-year-old snapped the nylon lead with his bare hands, getting first-degree burns for his efforts. Police later reunited the pup with its owner, who had apparently fallen asleep on the train and had contacted authorities fearing his pup was dead on the tracks. What a lucky escape.
And lastly, the ex-wife of Beatles' Paul McCartney has taken her promotion of veganism to a whole new level in a new book on how to get healthy without meat. Ms Mills reckons the world would be better off without cows, and she has the perfect cure for global warming. The former Mrs McCartney suggesting we should drink dog's milk or her personal favourite, rat's milk. Uh, She hasn't actually volunteered to do a taste test, though. That's our Pet News Wrap-Up. I'm Kay Brown, reporting for Animal Radio. For more information, go to pettalkradio.com.au. This has been an Animal Radio News Update, brought to you by the Simple Solution Natural line of 100% biodegradable pet care products. Get more at animalradio.com. Does that pesky pet stain keep reappearing after you've cleaned it with a household cleaner? Try Simple Solution Stain and Odor Remover. Simple Solution is formulated specifically for pet stain and odors. The unique enzyme and probacteria formula breaks down the glue-like proteins in pet urine, then absorb all the leftover particles, leaving your carpet completely free of harmful residue. So no more magical reappearing acts or pets returning to the area. Simple Solution products are available at pet specialty stores nationwide. Celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. We have a lot of animals in the studio. We have a box turtle. Is that a box turtle? That's a little box turtle. Isn't he cute? He is cute. And uh, and that over there is a, what do they call it? Oh, snapping turtle. Snapping turtle. turtle. Mm -hmm. Stay away from the snapping turtle. (laughs) These are mostly your guys. This is, you know, I'm just learning about the reptiles. Yes. But, uh, I've always loved turtles. Did, oh, you know, my mother had turtles when I grew up. Your mother had turtles? It seems like a great pet to have. Yes, we had about a dozen of them in our backyard. As long as you don't put them in your mouth, you won't get salmonella. <laughs> and you wash your hands afterwards. Yes. They're, uh, they're great pets. But there's a, the story of a very special turtle, the turtle's name, Little Joe. And uh, we get Little Joe's guardian, Ray Stenson, on the phone. Hi, Ray. How are you doing? Well, it's a beautiful day. Where are we calling you today? Santa Fe Springs, California. Santa Fe Springs, California. Can you tell us the story of Little Joe and how long is it, first of all, how long has Little Joe been part of the family there? Well, since 1952 or three. Wow. <laughs> so, wow. He was, was full grown when when he was given to us. And how long do they normally live? Oh, over 100 years old. Wow. So um, this particular turtle probably was the kid's turtle? Well, he was... A young lad, what had happened, uh, the freeway was coming through and buying the houses. Oh. He had to move, and he didn't have any place to take his turtle, so he gave it to my son. Okay. And my son dug a little hole in the yard and built a little home for him. And then when he went off to college and we moved, we moved him with us. <laughs> yesterday, a day before yesterday, he came out under the porch, and then when we went over to sit in the chairs, he came over with us. We fed him some uh, lettuce, some hibiscus flowers, uh-huh. and some grapes. And he ate an awful lot, I thought. <laughs> He's had a big uh, experience in the last few weeks. <laughs> Hasn't he? He uh, Didn't he run away from home or get lost or something? What happened exactly? Well, what happened is we left the gate open. He was always watching. It seemed like he could sense when that gate would be open. He'd be over and go. Anyway, he got out and he wandered up two houses from us. 
and some woman came by who had lost her turtle, and when she spotted it, she stopped, and the little children that were playing with it, she told them it was, he thought it was her turtle. Oh, no. So she picked him up and took him home, but when the ad got in into the Santa, uh, in the Winter Daily News... Oh, you put an ad in the paper? Well, I didn't put an ad. They came out and interviewed me. And this was when Little Joe was missing. The Whittier Daily News came out and they interviewed you. Yes. Okay. Then they put that on the front page in the paper. Uh-huh. Slow news day, I imagine. Yeah, and I got it. I had a call at eight, before 8 o'clock in the morning. Wow. <laughs> I've got your turtle. Oh, you mean the lady, the lady who picked it up thought it was her turtle, saw that in the paper, and realized that it was your turtle? Yes. How do you tell turtles apart? Are well, you... ours had a had a decided limp. One of its legs is, but when some kids were over playing one day, one hit him with mm. a two by four, I guess, and broke his leg. Oh no! Yeah, that wasn't very nice. Well, I'd say for the first time in fifty years, for him to get out the gate there, you know. Uh... Oh, he'd been out before. Oh. <laughs> you know what my mother used to do? She used to take fingernail polish, and she would paint the address on the bottom of the shell. Oh, how clever is that? Oh, I like that yeah. idea. Have you uh, put any identification on Little Joe now? Well, no, I haven't. Uh, I think that's a very, very, very clever idea. <laughs> Why not mark the turtles? We did have to get a license for them. Oh, you do? You need a license there for, uh, for a turtle, huh? Well, not... It's just for identification. Oh, okay. Because you you can't take it back to the desert. Not that it would want to go back to the desert after a diet of hibiscus and grapes <laughs> and lettuce. Probably not. We've enjoyed them, and he, we, when he comes, when we sit out under our lemon tree in our easy chairs, he comes over to join us, and we let him have some lettuce. But he really enjoys hibiscus flowers. You know, if I have lettuce there, he's eating it. And if I put down some hibiscus flowers, he'll quit the lettuce and go get the <laughs> hibiscus. <laughs> I figured he's eating his dessert. I want to congratulate you. You recently got married. And how is your wife taken to little Joe? Does she like him? Has she ever oh, had a turtle? <laughs> she's she's taken to him. He comes up and walks up to her and puts his nose up against her hand and and yeah, she, she kind of a, adopted him. I think she says <laughs> she can't believe that she ever would have taken to a turtle. But uh, yeah, she's like you say. We we were recent. Well, we were married in July fourteenth last year. Uh huh. So, do, do you mind me asking how old you are? Ninety. Ninety. Ninety years old, and you just got. Is this your? First marriage or second marriage? Oh, second marriage for Sec both of us. Wow. Oh, oh, that is so awesome. heartwarming. Oh, that's awesome. Well, her husband died a few years ago, and my husband, my wife died a couple years ago. And we knew each other back in North Dakota when we went to school. If, if she didn't oh, like man. Little Joe, would it have worked out? Your new wife would have to have liked Little Joe, right? Yep. <laughs> no doubt about that. <laughs> He's part of the family, you know. Yeah, I, I built a little block house for him. He's got a better house than I have. <laughs> How 
How wonderful. That's a wonderful story. I'm glad little Joe is home. Congratulations on your nuptials there. And uh, go please give little Joe a big old sloppy kiss from all of us here at Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. The Animal Minute is brought to you by Urinoff, the number one vet-recommended urine odor and stain remover. To purchase, visit www.urinoff.com. Urinoff, finally, something that works. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. Oh, what a beautiful ring. Is it a diamond? A sapphire? A cat? Pet owners are getting creative with pet cremation. While most owners go for the traditional grave in the backyard or a cremation urn, some owners are having their pets made into jewelry. Paperweights, crystals, and jewelry have all been created by Life Gem, a company which can turn a doggy into a diamond for about $2,000 to $25,000. There's also Florimorial, a company which makes soil that converts cremated ash into a planting medium to grow a memorial flower. Other owners opt to keep their pet's ashes in a thumb-sized urn so they can take it with them wherever they go. You can even get a huggable plush toy filled with your pet's ashes. It's all just a way of showing that dog is man's best friend, or maybe diamonds are a girl's best friend, or or maybe a little of both. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. There's lots of reasons to need a urine odor and stain remover. Your dog's afraid of thunderstorms. Cat hates being alone. You've moved into a new house. But there's only one reason to buy Urinoff, because it actually works. Urinoff's high-performance formula gets to the source of the problem and removes it permanently, even cat urine. Many odor removers claim to work, but thousands of loyal Urinoff customers, even vets, swear by it. If urine odor is a problem in your home, reach for Urinoff, the odor remover that actually works. Available exclusively at www.urinoff.com or your local vet. Hey, you want to keep a secret from your dog? It's the new fish sticks from Canine Caviar. They're good for your dog's teeth, gums, and also his achy joints. And fish sticks from Canine Caviar are 100% natural, completely digestible, and contain no chemical preservatives, additives, or fillers, and they're low in calories. But don't tell your dog that. All they care about is that they taste good. Get your dog fish sticks at CanineCaviar.com. That's www.CanineCaviar.com. Flavacin keeps cartilage, tendons, and ligaments healthy and joints flexible. Hear what people are saying about Flavacin. Concerning my dog Zodiac, I started her on the Flavacin um, probably about a month and a half ago. I have to tell you, for a 13-year-old German Rottweiler um, with spinal arthritis, she made a turnaround in less than seven days. We had thought that we might be losing her this year and have to put her down, but she seems to be really reacting to it very well. To find out more, visit www.yourolderdog.com. That's yourolderdog.com. Did you know that dogs can get worm infections just from eating grass and that those same parasites can also infect humans? Ew! Gross! Thank goodness there's a safe and easy way to eliminate and prevent the major worms that infect dogs. Safeguard Canine Dewormer. Just sprinkle it on your dog's food twice a year. And that's it? Yep. For more information, visit www.safe-guard.com. That's S-A-F-E-G-U-A-R-D.com. It's the best way I know to protect my dog and my family against intestinal worm infections. Celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. 
Every day I comb the news here at Animal Radio. We have the there's some pretty good news sources here. Yes, we do. Great news stories about animals. The one unfortunate story that seems to come up every day, at least for the last few months, is the animals being abandoned and forgotten about because of the foreclosure crisis. What People a shame. just getting up and leaving their animals. Mm-hmm. Many families that can't afford to keep their animals healthy. Just because they don't make enough money, they're trying to pay that mortgage payment mm-hmm. or their rent or food and your bills. <laughs> oh, it's so tough to do it these days. You know, there's a no stranger to Animal Radio, Amy Amen. She, uh, ah, the book, uh, Hyper, Hip, Hip Ideas for Hyper Dogs. There you go. A great book, by the way. I brought her back on because she's going to give us some tips how we can cut, not cut corners, but cut costs without cutting corners. Hi, Amy. How are you doing? Oh, I'm just doing great. Let me grab a pencil here because I want to write these down because I, like everybody else, am trying to make these payments as well as keep my pets healthy, and I'd like to know some ways to cut back. So, Yeah, it can be very expensive to own a pet, but, you know, there are ways that you definitely can save money without, as you said, sacrificing good care. First, if someone has not yet acquired a dog, the selection process can really save you big money consider adopting from a shelter. I know that you are always advocating that, and that's, to me, the best money-saving strategy. I would prefer to get an adult. I mean, for one, I really do prefer adult dogs, Um, (laughs) and they bond every bit as well as a puppy. They tend to acclimate to training even faster than a young puppy because they have no history of behavior in your household. And you can jump right into training right away, and you can avoid some of the damage that's almost unavoidable with these young puppies when they are being housebroken. So what you're saying is that it's really cheaper to to start with an older pet. Even though you may want the young puppy, that's fine. You can go for the young puppy, but it's going to cost you more is what you're saying. Absolutely. So next step is really take a look at training. A lot of people think, oh, I can't afford to pay for training. You cannot afford not to pay for training. Talk about one thing that people avoid that is going to end up proving, how do you say, um, penny wise and puppy foolish. Okay. Uh, you want to make sure that you don't send your dog away for training. That's a very expensive route to go. If you learn with your dog uh, what is expected and how to elicit the proper type of behavior, that's the smartest way to go. Every time I pop open a can of food, it's it's at least a buck, buck fifty. It's pretty expensive, but I don't want I don't want to give them bad food. I want to make sure they have good food. High-quality food is really important, but, you know, the canned food in general is not of a higher quality than dry food. It is more palatable to dogs. They like to eat it, but that's just like we would rather eat uh, ice cream than sprouts. Um, There are excellent quality foods available in the dry formula, which not only is going to save you money, but also is going to be more, or I should say less likely, to promote Finicky eating behavior. Hip Ideas for Hyper Dogs is the book. I believe these are all listed in Hip Ideas for Hyper Dogs. Is that correct? Yes, well, they are. The book is worth the investment. Right Absolutely. there. Absolutely. Amy, Amen. thank you so much for joining us again. Thank you for having me, Hal. Dogclass.com is the website. Of course, links to everything you've heard on today's show at animalradio.com. 
Celebrating our connection with our pets. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. You know, a few minutes ago we were talking about dog bites. It's an epidemic in America, isn't it, Bloody? It is, it is. And uh, we have about 5 million dog bites in this country alone. Dogs bites Americans more than any other nation in the world. And uh, going to the emergency after dog bites is the second leading cause. Wow. And, uh, yeah, going to the emergency. And I got to tell you, uh, my friends, if I were a dog, I would bite Americans too. Really? And you know why? Why? I- because if you treat me guys as the human, I will treat you back as the dog if I were the dog. That's the, that's, that's the law of canine culture. Dogs very easily confuse American kindness for weakness. Once American shows the weakness, dog shows the strength. 1-866-405-8405. Hi, who's this? Hi, this is Lori. Hi, Lori. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. How are you today? Splendid. Where are you calling from? I am a truck driver, and right now I'm going uh, through Memphis, Tennessee. Memphis, Tennessee. Lori, do you like do you like our show? Oh yeah, I listened to it um, last week, and it was marvelous. I'm addicted. Oh, you are addicted. So, yeah. do you like the Vladi? Oh, I sure do, and I'm hoping you can help me out with my dog problem. Okay, I will do, but just stay, so everybody, so right now millions of people listen to you. Say, I love Lottie. I love Lottie. Thank you. Now you can give me a question. I'll give you an answer. <laughs> what? It's a Russian bribe. It's a piola. It's a Russian way. Okay, I, uh, um, I rescued a little dog. He was about six months old, and um, God bless I, had him, I had him neutered and, and got him back to health. And my question is, he's now four, uh, and I just don't understand why he's always wanting to hump other male dogs. So he has a sexual, uh, he is a, uh, uh, wrong, has a wrong orientation, or he does it for the males or for females? For, for whom? I'm just curious. I, I, I don't know. Is there such thing as a gay dog? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> sorry. No, yeah. <laughs> No, so he's humping female dog. or male? Come on. Or every dog. And that's all he wants is a male dog. He's humping males, Vlade. Yeah. Okay, he's humping males. Okay, okay, yeah. guys. <laughs> okay. Um, I never heard about I mean, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes people tell you about gays and the dog culture and such. And so I don't believe in that type of the thing. I believe... Yeah, I believe it's uh, about uh, two things. About, like in the human pack, social overactivities, uh, in the social, excuse me, sexual overactivities, and second, just sometimes has nothing to do to the sexuality and has to do to the dominance. So, what I would do in this situation, uh, first of all, I would definitely address the cause, and after that, I would definitely uh, deal with the symptoms. Uh, what I would do if I were you, I would enroll him in the good class of the dog training. I would not yeah. do the private training in your situation. Um, I would do strict, find good, great, like conventional way of the dog training, like conventional trainers, check dog pro.org in your area dog pro dog org and uh, get a good trainer who would uh, do the great classes in your area so you're going to kill two birds with one stone number one it's a russian expression sorry sorry hell sorry judy we use that uh, too here in america yeah okay good so uh number one one bird would be you establishing your self-control over your dog number two 
you will expose him to a lot of dogs and uh, you will establish self-control. A lot of times my clients say, we know, Vladi, the dogs behave, but there is never dogs. The dogs have such an instincts. Nothing you can do about that, especially in sexual instincts. Excuse me, people, I also have a sexual instincts. When I walk down the street and I, I have a, I see the beautiful woman down the street, you know what, I want to jump on her too, but I have self-control. So your dog must have self-control too. So the obedience training, there is nothing you can do yourself. Enroll in the classes, in the group classes, and that's that is going to happen. Your dog will be around a group of the dogs, but he cannot do anything because he will be corrected. And he will used to be around another dogs, males or females, without anything doing in return. It's like with the man being on the neuter, neuter, neuter beach, you know, and then the... Nude beach. Nude, Nude beach, beach okay. yes. In the beginning, it's... <laughs> and after that, it's nothing. It's just nothing. So, and after that, when you do this, I would give you give you my secret uh, for success to stop him from jumping as far as giving you aspirin for this headache. You can use the objects flying through the air as far as shaking can or mystical acoustic bag with the very tiny, very little, uh, which now you have to toss at the dog's shoulder blade as you make the noise. Ah, boom, like tap in the shoulder. Hey, what, what you doing here? Um, you can see how to do that from my uh, online video on 911dogwizard.com. 911dogwizard.com, dogwizard.com, you go to the online video section and see how that price, it's nothing is cruelty involved, it's not tossing on the dog's stones, or it's a very, it's a duplicating way how the dog's snapping each other by the shoulder blade. That's, we just using the items like, uh, like transferable teeth. Um, so it's, it sounds easy, it's not, just look at that. Or, like I said, CO2, a tire inflator. Any bicycle store has it, it's gonna be very easy for you because you are the truck driver you push the button it's emit you know that that type of the uh, yeah, reaction yeah. and you're not yeah. gonna be scared and jumps back and you say good boy and praise him and you know what he will try to hump another man oh, excuse me male <laughs> five times and five times you need to stop it and if you win five consecutive battles and this issue you will win the war on that issue hold on Lori. we're going to get you one of uh bloody's dvds which anyone can get bloody's talking a little bit of russian did you have some vodka hell you can i sent you a couple of bottles yesterday one week ago i guess you try don't do it at your work even in russia we never drink the vodka as we work unless you're not trained well well you know i train well i have vodka right now but i train well for me it's nothing. You wouldn't even notice. Uh, I know. I noticed, of course, because you can't even connect to work today. <laughs> How long have I been in the business? Well, Lori, we're going to send you one of the DVDs that Vladi has put together. And, of course, anyone can order those at 911dogwizard.com. And, of course, we link to everything that you hear on today's show at animalradio.com. How's that, Vladi? That's awesome. Thank you. Good boy. That's Good all we boy. have time for this hour. Remember, we're streaming online 24-7 at AnimalRadio.com. And remember to spay and neuter, always adopt, and never decline. This is Animal Radio Network. And welcome back to Animal Radio, celebrating our connection with our pets. 
We've been doing this for, what, five years now? Yes. And on March, last March, we were very glad to announce that we began on XM Satellite Radio, uh, Channel 158, every weekend, twice a weekend. And we noticed that all of a sudden, getting lots of phone calls from truckers. They're listening, and they're out there. They have their animals with them. Their dogs, even their cats, birds. Mm -hmm. They're traveling across the country. They call themselves, uh, what is that, OTRs? Over-the-road truckers? I don't know. You know what? Let's get the expert on. We have Sue Wise on the phone. Hi, Sue. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Thank you, Hal. Are you a trucker, a former trucker? Yes, I am. I'm an over-operator. And they call that OTR? OTR means over-the-road. Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) And you started an organization recently which transports animals across the country, right? That's correct. We started uh, right after Katrina. took place and you were hearing all of the horror stories. You know, if you remember at that time, our heart was breaking for these pets and for the the owners that didn't want to leave. And, you know, I was driving down the road just praying and I asked asked the Lord, I said, what can I do? I'm just a truck driver. You know, I'm not in anyone's spot. What can I do to help? Uh And I believe I heard one word, which was transport. And I go, huh? (laughs) Okay. What What do you mean transport? And um, talking with a, another driver friend of mine, Delcina, and then with my two daughters, they were both ex- all three excited, and I'm still skeptical about it. They finally convinced me to get on one of the talk shows on Channel 171. So I finally did. I called in shaking, literally shaking in my shoes. Oh. <laughs> and I just asked uh, if there were any truckers interested in helping to transport animals across the United States because I had gone on what is known as PetFinder.com and found out this is an everyday need. Uh We had eight listed on come-in applications today alone. We've got over 30 that need to be transported. And... We need help. Okay, well, this is your call right here. You're driving along. You're a trucker. You're brand new to Animal Radio. Or you're listening. You've been listening for the last few months. Perhaps you have your pet with you. Maybe you don't. Maybe you just want to help out. You're going to a town anyway. You're moving that load. Why not bring an animal that needs to move from one part of the country to the other part of the country, right? And think what great companionship that will be. Besides what most of the drivers have told me over the past two and a half years, is they feel like they're contributing back to the community. While they can't do much by not being at home, they can do this. Okay, how can people sign up? How can truckers learn more? One, they can call me uh, to let me know what they want to do, but we have a brand new website. Uh, go to OperationRoger.com. OperationRoger.com, and we'll list that at AnimalRadio.com. Uh, OperationRoger.com, you can learn more. And your phone number, you, you want us to put that on the website, or do you want to give it out? Sure, sure. I'll put it on the website. There's two numbers they can call. Uh, Sprint, which is for anybody, is 682-622-1172. That's 682-622-1172. Or for Verizon users, there is 817 817- How wonderful. Okay. Operation Roger is what it's called. More information, uh, all the links, the phone numbers at animalradio.com. Sue, you're doing wonderful work. Please keep us up to date. 
Well, thank you. But we really need some dedicated drivers who will stay with us. We actually need about five drivers for every animal that comes on the board. And right now, like I said, we've got well over 30, and we're having trouble getting to them. I think you're going to find them. I think they're listening right now. (laughs) Okay. Hold on for one second. There's more Animal Radio on the way. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Hi, this is Richard Karn from Home Improvement, and you're listening to Animal Radio. Now remember to spray and neuter your dog. (laughs) It's a good idea to spray and neuter your animals. Celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And we are linked to New Jersey studios of Dr. Jill, Dr. Jill Richardson. Just call her Dr. Jill. She's she's like that. Do you have any pets there at the studio there? Are you allowed to bring I your pets? I do. You do? Um, yes, it's a very pet-friendly office. We have um, Daisy and Puzzle that um, live in the IT area pretty much most of the time. Their owner brings them in every day. Um, we have fish, wall-to-wall fish. Um, I have a hamster. I have a hamster named Bear. She sits at my desk. <laughs> and um, there's a dog named TT that's got more clothes than I do that comes in pretty randomly around here. So um, this is not even like work. It's like coming to a zoo and going to a petting zoo and just having a good time. There's food everywhere, pets everywhere. We have candy, you know, bowls and bowls of candy everywhere. It's... um. It's really hard to stay on the diet in this place. I want to work there. Yeah. 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 Let's move to Animal Radio Studios. one 405 8405 Hi, who is this? Hi, it's Glenn. Hey, Glenn, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks. Where are you calling from? Uh, San Diego. Beautiful, sunny San Diego. Yeah, today. You are on with our brand new on-call vet, Dr. Jill. Hi, Dr. Jill. Oh, hi, Glenn. How are you? I'm good. Uh, I, I good. do have a question for you. Uh-huh. Uh Why did you name your hamster Bear? <laughs> Her name is B-A-R-E after the Bear Contessa, and she's a black bear hamster. Oh. <laughs> I didn't even know there was a black bear hamster. There is, and she's got her feet are bare. She's like barefooted. She, she doesn't have any hair on her feet. <laughs> I have yeah. learned so much today, Glenn. I know that's not why you called, though. <laughs> no, I, and I, she's on YouTube. She has her own video on YouTube where she's racing a, a race car. i got to see that. Yeah, we'll yeah, have a link to that. I'll email to you, Hal, and you can put it on your website. Okay, sounds good. We'll put a yeah. link to uh, Dr. Jill's racing hamster on uh, the website at animalradio.com. Glenn, what, what can we do for you today? Well, I, I have a Shih Tzu. He's about um, 10 years old, and... Uh, Every now and then, he just starts chewing like crazy, uh, like on the back of his uh, uh, butt area. Oh. And, uh, I think it has to do with fleas, but I, I don't know. Um, are you, are he, is he trying to get to, like, his anal area, or is he scratching on his belly, or what is he doing exactly? Uh, well, it's not his anal area. It's kind of like uh, like his rump. And are you seeing any fleas on him? Well, no. We treated him with uh, with advantage. Uh-huh. Uh, but usually we, we, you know, sometimes we get it in time, sometimes we don't. What time of the year is he doing it? Is he doing it in the summer, in the spring, or all year round? Well, he's doing it right now. Uh, it's kind of spring here. You know, are you, if you're looking, are you, you think it's flea season or? 
Well, I think in, in your area, it's flea season all year round, right? Yeah, pretty much. But I we guess, try to yeah. keep control of that, but I, I, yeah. sometimes it just gets crazy, you know? Yeah. And um, is there something I can put on it that will, will ease the, the irritation? Well, is he, does his skin red? When you look at the skin, is it red and irritated? Yeah. It can get that way? Is it on one hip or both hips? Oh, it, it's just one spot sometimes. You know, sometimes he'll like uh, aim for like his wrist and start chewing there. You know, there could be there could be many things going on. Um, Shih Tzus have a lot of dermatological issues. So, as you probably already know, they have really bad ear infections almost all the time. Um, they're prone to different types of allergies. Um, Unfortunately, it's hard to figure out what an allergy is because a lot of allergies can look exactly alike. It could be a food allergy. It could be an allergy to some pollens in the air. It could be a flea bite allergy. It could be a grass allergy. There's so many things it could be, and it could even be a combination of allergies. Another problem that Shih Tzus have, um, my, my aunt has a Shih Tzu too, and this is one of the problems she has is her anal glands get filled up. And she'll chew at her, you know, hind end. Sometimes she scratches her, you know, her hind end and scoots across the floor because she's sort of itchy from it. Yeah. Have you um, have you checked the anal glands to see if that may be the problem? Yeah, I don't think that's it. And um, okay. I don't think it's a food allergy because his food is very consistent. Well, they can they can develop a food allergy even if they've been on one food their whole life. They can just one day, you know, become allergic to beef, and they can get itchy all over just because they're they have an allergy to beef or chicken or anything. Um, but you know, the fact that if the skin's irritated, that's not good. Um, the the best thing would be, you know, you want to keep it nice and clean and and try to keep it clean and dry because an irritated skin can get to be infected really quickly. But it's probably a good idea to bring them into your vet and maybe you know check about doing some allergy testing just to see what it is. Uh-huh. And if it does seem like it's seasonal, it could be something as simple as a grass allergy. A lot of dogs when um, they're out in the morning and the grass is dewy and they get that wet grass on their fur, they can get really itchy from it. And it could be flea allergies. And even if you're dog is on a really good flea preventative, if your dog is super sensitive to fleas, just one bite from a flea can make them be very itchy. But, you know, you just, you know, with the Shih Tzu, they have a lot of skin problems. They're very prone to a lot of allergies and a lot of problems like that. And there's even a, a, um, an allergy, it's called an atopy, where they have um, allergies from things that they've inhaled, like pollens or different substances that they inhale, and they have an inhalant allergy where the skin has the issue even though they're inhaling the allergen through their nose. Right. Now, this is located to one particular area. Does that make it uh, more flea-related rather than allergy-related? Well, with with fleas, the classic sign of flea allergy dermatitis is hair loss and itchiness right above the tail bed. And you usually have a triangle of hair loss right above the tail bed. That's very, very classic for flea allergy dermatitis. Right. And the tail Um, bed is where the tail meets the body? Yeah, yeah, right on the top. Like if you put uh, you put your finger in a triangle right above the base of his tail on his back, usually if you have hair loss right there, that's very classic for flea allergy dermatitis. Yeah, that's sort of the area. Oh, it is. Yeah. Okay. Well, it, yeah, then if it's right there, that that could definitely be that. And you could, you know, um, just check him over and see if you do see any fleas on him. And, you know, maybe consider talking to your vet, maybe, you know, switch to another flea preventative if you're still seeing fleas, or even maybe treat your home, too. Um, the fleas are horrible. They're just, they're just horrible. And when you see one flea on your dog, that means there's still, you know, plenty of fleas 
in your environment in the immature stages. If you have a population of 100 fleas, five are going to be adults and 95% are going to be, you know, egg, larva, or pupa stages. So even if you see one or two fleas, you could still have a problem. So it may be a good idea to, to do some home treatment or vacuum your carpets every two or three days, um, keep your lawn very short, mow the lawn very short so you can help, you know, prevent flea stages in your grass and, um, you know, get rid of sand and leaves and dirt and debris where the, the fleas can reproduce out there too. Great. Thank you, Glenn, for your call. one 405 Let us know how that works out. Dr. Jill Richardson joining us. Allergies, big problem this time of the year. We always hear about them at this time of the year. Is there, I know for humans, there's Benadryl and other medicines that we can use for allergies. Is there the same thing for cats and dogs? Yeah, you know, there's actually veterinary dermatologists for dogs, and these are veterinarians that have become board certified in dermatology, and they're experts in the field. And many drugs that are used in people are used in dogs, um, but it's not really safe to self-medicate your pet with your own medications. For example, with Benadryl, if you give your pet, your vet may recommend to give your pet Benadryl, and you'd really have to go through your vet and make sure your vet gives you the correct dosage and that it's appropriate for your dog. But if you give them too much, you're going to have a dog who is acting like he's on cocaine. He's going to be going, his heart rate's going to be going sky high. He's going to be very agitated. So dogs and cats don't act the same way that that we do with medication. So it's always, before you give your pet anything, talk to your vet first. 1-866-405-8405. If you want to talk to Dr. Jill right now. Listen to the news. Two dogs rescued from a locked car. Emergencies can happen anywhere, anytime. They can even affect your pet. In other news, a local policeman saved a cat today. Being prepared and knowing what to do can be the difference between life or death for you and your pets. The same Red Cross you know and trust is the leader in pet first aid preparation and education. Look for dog or cat first aid guidebooks with DVDs online at redcrossstore.org or contact your local Red Cross chapter for more information. The Red Cross is helping protect our pets. Every year, there are millions of pets in animal shelters across the country just waiting for a loving home. I'm Mike Farrell with a very simple message. If you're thinking of getting a pet, please adopt. To easily locate your closest place to adopt, call Pets 911 toll-free at 1-888-PETS-911. It's easy, it's free, and it gives a pet a second chance at life. Together, we can ensure a better future for our pets. For adoptable pet listings in your community, go to Pets911.com. Pets911, proud to be partnered with Animal Radio. Did you know that dogs can get worm infections just by eating grass and that those same parasites can also infect humans? Protect your dog and your family by deworming your dog twice a year with Safeguard Canine Dewormer. For more information, visit www.safe-guard.com. That's S-A-F-E-G-U-A-R-D.com. Global Pet Finder is the world's first GPS location device for pets. Simply attach Global Pet Finder to your pet's collar and you can monitor your dog's location 24-7. Use our geofence feature or simply dial found from your wireless device. And every three minutes, Global Pet Finder will send you a message with your pet's exact location. For more information, visit us at www.globalpetfinder.com and find peace of mind today. Fido Friendly Magazine. Perhaps you can do without it, but for kibble's sake, think of your dog. At last, a voice for us traveling canines. Until now, few have taken mobile pooches seriously. After all, who appreciates warm shelter and a comfy bed more than a dog? Fido Friendly, the travel magazine for you and your dog. A quarterly guide to Fido Friendly accommodations in the United States and Canada. 
Because if Fido ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Subscribe at FidoFriendly.com. Your dog will thank you. Celebrating our connection with our pets. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. But every year they do the marathon, the MASH marathon. We're talking about MASH here. Judy and I used to love that. Watch Watched that all it the all the time. Still do, I have to admit. Radar O'Reilly, Gary Berghoff, joins us today. He was a big pet lover in the actual series and is one in real life. Well, it, he was one in real life, and then they kind of made the series after that. That's to true. combine they, his love in the series. Which came first? Well, he'll <laughs> tell us. He's also doing a lot of uh, beautiful artwork. He's painting artwork on the coast of Florida. We'll find out what Gary Berghoff from MASH is up to. But first, let's take care of business with the world-famous Russian dog wizard. That, of course, is Vladi. Vladi's here. Hello, everyone. Hello, Judy. Hello, Hale. This is Vladi reporting. Are you ready for the best show on Animal Radio for the Vladi guys? I am. I am. Okay, be careful what you wish for because it's coming. It's a rough world out there, son. It's dog eat dog. All right, you ready? Please listen. Now, your host on Animal Radio, Vlade, the Russian dog wizard, the man behind the system and the phenomenon of the dog world. He's widely known as an international star in the dog training field. The former KGB dog trainer, Vlade, can turn the most notorious canines from around the world into loving companions. When Vlade speaks... Everyone listens. Hello, everyone, and this is the Vladi, and I'm receiving a lot of calls and emails from the people asking me, Vladi, are you real? We're enjoying your show. It's so hilarious and such and such. I would like to tell you, my friends, I'm also a very serious dog trainer, and yes, I do like to combine it with entertainment. People call me infotainer, which is information and entertainment together, but I do serious business, and I'm specialized in the lost cases. I am the former Red Army and KGB Soviet intelligence agencies, as you know, canine trainer. I have traveled all over the world training the most unruly canine with the great success using my one-of-the-kind method, which I derived from uh, my mute and absolutely death dog trainer mentor from Moscow. Guys, have you heard about like, American expression um, like a sheep in the wolf's clothes? Uh-huh. Yes. So my, my me- first mentor was uh, the human in the dog's clothes. Ooh. Uh, oh. So... So that's what it is, and it's a very, very serious. And another part of the question is uh, people enjoying when I talk not just about the dogs, I talk about another subject in correlation, and they ask me why. And uh, you know what? I feel myself like highly qualified. Uh, I never shared it with you, but I have uh, my education as far as interest is very broadcast, bro- bro- very broad, not broadcast, broad, broad wide. I have a couple of master's degrees in different fields, and some of them in politics, science, and art of economics as well. So I do see the humans as the dogs. 
I do see, no matter where we live, in American democratical society, so-called, or in the pack of hyenas, the rules of the pack is ruling our pack. You know, my wife was one of my successful, most of successful um, students, and the teacher as well. My wife Antonina, early in our marriage, momentarily showed to me where the boundary, where my, where my fence line is. <laughs> she, she always was the top alpha female, as we call, yeah, as the alpha bitch, and she told me. Uh, Vladi, you know what? As soon, as soon as we get married, and we lived in her apartment, and her apartment was a little bit bigger than the typical American two-door crate back in Soviet Union. But she said to me, "Listen, Vladi, this is the my crate, and you have to follow the rules which I established in this household. It means no girls come home in the right time, and so on. And if you follow the rules, you will be treated as the top man. You will have top sex, and you will have top." life and if not you will be kicked out of my crate with the speed of Russian satellite guided missile <laughs> you know and she always was that way right now she's working in California and he, she momentarily showed to everyone their fence lines fence line too and uh, this is the great and uh, females are my clientele and I always tell them, and uh, you know, the only way for succeed uh, in this country for female, they needs to be assertive, they needs to be bitchy, because nice girl never gets the spacious den. Uh, can we take some calls, Vlade? Yes, we can. Okay, let's do that. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. Hi, who's this? Hi, this is Randy. Hey, Randy, how you doing? I'm doing fine. How y'all doing? Very good. Where are you calling from? Well, I'm coming into Los Angeles, California, driving a big truck. Another trucker. You travel with your dog? Yes, sir. Okay. Please don't call me, sir. That's my dad. Or you can call Vlade, sir. I know I have to salute and call him Sir Vladinator all the time. That's what... That, Vladinator. Vladinator. That's going to be my new nickname. <laughs> <laughs> Randy, go ahead. Okay. What I've got is a four or four and a half year old Sheltie. Okay. So Sheltie. Yes, sir. Sheltie is the... Uh, let me tell you, if the dog is like this, she can, you know, running all day long in the field, come back to you, or run all all day long in your backyard and come back to you and say, <laughs> what are we going to do next, you know? And after barking and chasing someone through the fence or somebody knocking your door and she's barking like a Russian AK-47 downtown Beirut, is it your dog? Yes, I see it. Okay, so go ahead. What is your question? I know the answer. I have a, people, I have more answers than you have a questions. Go ahead. Okay. Well, we were listening to your show the other day about uh, the getting uh, dog neutered. Okay. Well, we we done that to him and uh, thought that might slow him down a little bit, but it didn't work. He's okay. pretty aggressive. He's pretty aggressive with people around our truck. You know, he's pretty okay. protective. In the, I, I tell you, uh, you know what? You use the uh, you use the bad, not the bad, the wrong texture of the word. She oh, is right. not too protective. It's okay. She is uh, in possession, uh, okay. uh, in possession of the property which she thinks she's in charge. Listen, Sheltie, they are not the bad dogs at all. It's a, I saw so many people with Shelties who claim their dogs are aggressive, but in reality, those dogs just had freedom frustration. Freedom frustration, the way which the dog is developing by chasing someone, you know, like a mailman or somebody who is moving uh, uh, next to its window while the dog is inside of your house or moving next to your truck back and forth and you allow your dog to bark. So if I were you, what I would do first things in 
in a row. I would stop her from barking at all. How can I do this? I would uh, get a couple of pop, uh, uh, shaking cans, pop cans with their pennies, and I'm going to buy um, bicycle tire inflator, CO2 inflator for 20 bucks from the bicycle shop. And I will equip myself with those two, two tools. And every time when she barked, whatever it's in your backyard or in your house, I will sharply move forward, toss that object next to her uh, as I make that pop can. Not table, not chairs, please, not bricks. And I will sharply make that noise. Ah, boom, stops it. She stops, good girl. Now, every time when you are next to her or in your truck, I would, I would, I would shoot with this um, tire inflator product, CO2, and it's like, like a snake, like a snake sound. And she, yeah. boom. And you say, good girl. So you first think you should stop her from barking at all. That would be, that would basically would be 80% of the problem. Once you did it, after that, open the window a little bit from your truck and let some people, your friends, first she knows. And let me explain you. It's called double conditioning by Russian academic Pavlov. You gotta get, um, some best cookie, preferably cheese or kalbasa which comes from the plastic bag, make the noise. Someone sidewise, not frontwise, sidewise, approaching to your window, to the truck window. And the tossing inside this piece, make the noise and toss inside that kalbasa of the cheese. Turn around, do it again. And do it with the many people. Eventually she will think the people comes in are the good people, not the bad people. So what I suggested to you, use combinative approach. Remember, people, just praising or just punishing is not going to work. You guys in the English has two words, yes and no. We in Russia has two words. Yes, da, and net. Net, it's a favorite word of President Putin, by the way, when he spoke to the Bush. Yes, net, net. Net, net bush, net. So anyway, this approach would be work really well. But use them in the dramatic way. Sharply correct, sharply praise, and this is not even the problem. Okay. Every time people only have a problem, we have a two choices. Or keep complaining about the problem, which is much easier, or take actions, which is much harder. You know, you're with Vladi, and the Vladi talks, we should listen. Because the Vladi is uh, not in the business to extend any body level of stupidity. Never humans, never talk. It's, it's, it's not bullish type of the dog training. What I say, it goes. Hi, this is Rue McClanahan on Animal Radio. Stay and neuter your pet. We welcome Dr. Jill Richardson to Animal Radio and the Animal Radio family. She's the on-call vet this hour. 1-866-405-8405 if you have a medical question. Tell us a little bit about your background and where you are now. I guess I'll start from the beginning. Um, I always wanted to be a veterinarian since I was a little girl mm-hmm. and um, had animals my whole life and was fortunate to have a family that... Um, you know, help support me with my animals because mm-hmm. when I was in school, you can't take pets when you when you go to school and live in a dormitory. Um, and I worked in a veterinary practice for a couple of years when I got out of vet school. Um, but meanwhile, when I was in high school and junior high, I'd worked at veterinary clinics pretty much my whole life. And 
I did some time at the ASPCA Poison Control Center. Uh-huh. I worked there for seven years, and it was great. It was a great learning experience. So working there, I got to know a lot about toxicology and about pet safety, and that's always been my interest. And um, after that, I worked for an animal health company, and just recently I joined Zutu, and I love Zutu. Zutu is actually my favorite job out of all my jobs, even when I worked at Taco Bell. I worked at Taco Bell for a while, too. <laughs> what is Zutu? <laughs> Yeah, Zutu is a, a free online pet community, and it's dedicated to pet lovers. And what I really like about it is that it helps support shelters and rescue groups. Right now, one of the things we're completing is a million-dollar shelter makeover, mm. and we're going to be launching a new one pretty soon in the fall, and I'm really excited about that. And you can learn more at Zutu.com. Of course, we link to that from AnimalRadio.com. Now, we're linking to you live in New Jersey. Is that the typical New Jersey accent? No. <laughs> no, it's not at all. I'm originally from West Virginia. West Virginia, the diversity on Animal Radio. Uh, you turn on Animal Radio, you hear uh, Vlade the Russian dog wizard and his thick Russian accent. And now you have this southern accent, the diversity only here on Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Remember, the advice you hear on today's show is for entertainment purposes only. Please be sure to consult your own vet regarding your pet. Vinny Penn coming at you, your resident party animal on Animal Radio. Can I ask you a question? Why is it that your goldfish always die when you go on vacation? You know, you know, you know what I'm talking about. You've taken care of them all year. You're six and you've managed to keep them alive for the past year. And yet you go away for a week and come back a either to the sob story of the year from some relative you never see or friend of your mother's who was given the job of feeding the bat or b to a fish that doesn't look remotely like. Pokemon, the fish that you uh, left a week before. Uh, As a sidebar, that's something right there. Uh, If you are going to care for your friend or family member's child's fish, take a look at them. You know, if you're going to so choose to starve him for a week and just figure on replacing him because you're a cold, callous person like that, and mom has overlooked that fact uh, during the hiring process... You can still take a look at him so you know what you're you're replacing him with. Nothing worse for a six-year-old to come back to find his his goldfish and you've replaced him with a piranha. So, yes, please, repl- if you're going to murder the goldfish, replace it with a goldfish. Isn't that a crazy concept? But I don't know what it is if the, if the, the every time you're all, the, the, the fish died, we think Grammy overfed him. Well, I can see that. Grammy overfeeds me every time I stay with her. I didn't know you could really die from that. That's always the excuse, that your goldfish was overfed. Now, this comes from a real place. Uh, when I was six, seven years old, I had two goldfish, Cheech and Chong. When I came back, there was just one big fat fish in the, gold, uh, in the, in the tank. Not two, one big fat, clearly different fish in which my brother of course uh in a continuing effort to torment me informed me that cheech had eaten chong but i still didn't buy it since it wasn't even the same color it took years to unravel the mystery all of us have that long-standing pet 
incident from our youth that has taken years to uncover what's going on. And that was my, it took years finally for my mother's best friend, Lenny, to say, look, the, the, the fish died. I didn't know what to do. I had missed the day. I just went and bought you a new fish. Wasn't that nice of me? The classic, uh, well, what about me? You know, I felt terrible. Here you were, my best friend's son. And I killed your fish. What about me? And you're sitting there like, I don't know. What about Cheech and Chong? <laughs> I'm Vinny Penn, party animal, animal radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at animalradio.com. Log on. Learn more. We've been waiting for this. Radar O'Reilly from MASH. Gary Berghoff, ladies and gentlemen. Hi, Gary. Hi, Cal. How are you? Very well. How are you doing? I'm fine. I'm glad to hear that the show's still going. Of course. Of course. It's doing very well. And, of course, uh, you were one of the original guests on Animal Radio many, a couple of years ago, I, when we were sending out tape recorders. <laughs> Back in the old days. I was a pioneer. Yes, you were. And you are a pioneer in almost everything that you do. I hear that you're doing a lot of RVing recently, huh? Oh, yeah. Well, I, uh, you know, I, I don't fly, and I've been using an RV for my business. So, okay, so you, let me see what, what all you got going on. You're still doing some acting. Uh, doing Is it uh, theater? I just finished a play, yeah. What play? I did, uh, let's see, I did The Last of the Red Hot Lovers up in Connecticut. Um in October. Is it fun to do that kind of stuff? You like, you like doing theater? It is, but you know something? I'm looking forward to retiring. Are you? <laughs> I honestly am. I just would like to have my kids come and visit and, and just hang back. Uh, everybody's always asking me, what are you doing now, as if I'm supposed to be doing something now, you know? And I just don't feel like I want to do anything now. I, I, want a, I, I want a beautiful garden outside my RV window. You know, I own an RV site down in Florida. In fact, I own two of them. And you're a spokesman for them, are you, are you not? I am. Uh, it's a place called Nature Coast Landing. We're bordered by a nature uh, preserve on one side, and on the other side is Highway 19 in Florida. And Nature Coast Landings is, is an RV community. It's not like a resort. It's not a campground. It's an RV community. Everybody owns their own sites. Uh, we do our own landscaping, and, uh, and we enjoy... The environment and the wildlife here. Can you come for the weekend and visit? Sure can, and but be careful. If you stay a week, you'll stay a lifetime. <laughs> that's, that's what I tell people. It's, it's just a lovely, quiet community, just far enough away from town to uh, you know to be surrounded by wildlife, and yet close enough for all the modern conveniences. I just love it here. Do people identify you as Radar O'Reilly, and do you like that, or do you not like that? I like being identified as the actor who played him, <clears throat> but I think that there's a. I, I think people need a reality check if they think that I actually am that character, <laughs> and I go home uh, to to my uncle Ed and, and and my mom in Ottumwa, Iowa, every night. Yeah, but there is something that is kind of interesting. We had Ed Asner on, and he always plays these roles, or these macho roles, but he's a big animal lover. The one thing that I noticed with you is that there were actually some similarities between the, the, the character Radar O'Reilly and your love for animals. You really uh, were brought up on a farm. And well, you... that's because, that's because, no, I wasn't brought up on a farm. Okay. Uh, my father was uh, vice president in charge of manufacturing in a clock factory. Oh, really? So, yeah. And, uh, and my mother was a dancer. So I was not brought up, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not 
Radar O'Reilly. However, Larry Gelbart, uh, our head writer, would come to our homes and he would get to know us in such a way that he would marry certain elements of our life, and one of them, one of which was my love for animals. He saw <clears throat> in my backyard in Malibu, he saw uh, um, a, um, uh, I had a center there for ailing animals, you know, where I nursed them back to health. And people, could, people would bring me, I was licensed by the state to take in uh, injured wildlife, see? So uh, as soon as he saw that, about two weeks later, uh, Radar had his animal sanctuary on the show. It was written into the script. It was written in the script. So there were certain things, and I guess that uh, kind of confuses people a little bit and say, well, he was that in real life, so everything else Everything be else, true. yeah. As I remember the last time you were on Animal Radio, you did mention that you did not have a lot of friends, human two-legged friends, as a youngster, but you had lots of four-legged friends. <laughs> well, uh I'm not sure that I didn't have too many two-legged friends. I can remember the, the many, but uh, but I did have a propensity. I think it's genetic, to be honest with you. I had a sensitivity toward nature and animals, and uh, and and that goes all the way back to the beginning. Um, you know, I, I can remember passing a uh, a family farm and seeing the geese. Uh, all locked up in a pen, and I remember kidnapping the geese and, and putting them in, in my neighbor's pond, uh, goldfish pond, and uh, much to the consternation of my parents and certainly the family farmers. But it just didn't seem right for geese not to be on water, and so I, I've always had, I've always had this this uh, I think sensitivity, and I think that most people do to one degree or another. What was your first experience with an animal that you, you, you made that connection, you looked into their eyes? What kind of animal was it? What was your first experience? Well, I think it was my... I, I think like most people, it was a domestic animal, and I think it was probably my first cat. Um, you know, cats... Uh, cats climb into bed with you and they curl up next to you and you can't help but to uh, feel connected to them. And uh, I think it was my first cat. His name was Flippy. And a, f a fascinating cat, by the way. <clears throat> that cat would dive into that neighbor that neighbor's pond and catch the goldfish. Oh my God. He, was, he was an actual swimming cat. Cat's uh, usually haywater. Uh, yeah, he, uh, he was a very unusual cat. Of course, some species of cats, such as the jaguar, I think the ocelot, uh, love water. And in fact, our, our fishing cats. So um, who, know, who knows where the strain came from, you know, originally, uh, from this particular cat. But, but this was a, an amazing thing. And, I, and of course, the, the, my first dog, uh, which became, who became, you know, my friend for six, for the first 16 years of my life, my dog Patch. Mm -hmm. uh, you can't, you can't forget bonds like that. And if you know, maybe the good Lord wanted uh, animals to become domestic so that we would be more sensitive to all of all living creatures. You know, uh, because domestic animals introduce us back into the environment. We need to stay connected to our environment. We can't just be. Uh, machine people and 
watch television all the time. We have to stay connected or we'll lose it. You know, what, what we appreciate, we will refuse to destroy. But if we are so devoid of contact with it, we will lose that appreciation. Exactly. Just remember that we all, we all have a reason for being here. We all have a right to be here. But stay connected with the world that we were born into, the natural world. Uh, that's where there's a great deal of wisdom and a great deal of uh, lessons that are true and real uh, that we can draw from in our lives. Stay connected. That's one of the things I do as a wildlife artist. And in fact, I think that's my main thing is to just keep people connected with the environment uh, and and enjoy it. You know, enjoy it. Uh, just enjoy it. Don't get too close. <laughs> Don't encroach on it, you know. Um, but at any rate, uh, I think that's it. Please stay connected to the environment. There he is, Gary Berghoff on Animal Radio. More Animal Radio on the way. Stick around. Hold on, Gary. Okay. Hey, Animal Thrill Seekers. Animal Radio is brought to you by Flavacin. Flavacin improves joint function in dogs, keeping cartilage, tendons, and ligaments healthy, and joints flexible in the body of aging animals. To find out more about this breakthrough formula, visit www.yourolderdog.com. Listen to the news. Two dogs rescued from a locked car. Emergencies can happen anywhere, anytime. They can even affect your pets. In other news, a local policeman saved a cat today. Being prepared and knowing what to do can be the difference between life or death for you and your pets. The same Red Cross you know and trust is the leader in pet first aid preparation and education. Look for dog or cat first aid guidebooks with DVDs online at redcrossstore.org or contact your local Red Cross chapter for more information. The Red Cross is helping protect our pets. We all know dogs love to go for car rides. Giving water to your dog while you drive, however, can be a problem. The to-go bowl by Furry Travelers is the first and only travel water bowl to fit into a car's cup holder. Complete with splash guard and lid, the to-go bowl allows your pet to drink whenever he wants. You can find the to-go bowl at many local pet stores, websites, and at www.furrytravelers.com. Don't leave home without your to-go bowl, your furry traveler will love you for it. Every once in a while, there comes along a special group of animal lovers that stands strongly in defense of the voiceless. Animal People is that newspaper for people who really care about the animals. Animal People's published ten times yearly. The publisher is a non-profit corporation dedicated to exposing the existence of cruelty to animals and to informing and educating you so that animal lovers worldwide can eliminate such cruelty. Your subscription is $24 a year and is 100% tax deductible. Get Animal People's fair and accurate investigative reporting from the industry watchdog. Visit our website at www.animalpeoplenews.org. That's www.animalpeoplenews.org to subscribe to the news for people who care about animals. Animal People. Subscribe today at www.animalpeoplenews.org. This is Sean Hayes on Animal Radio. Remember to spay and neuter your pets. It's Animal Radio. Are you one of those pet guardians faced with outrageous cleaning problems? Most of us are. Yeah, I was going to say, anybody who owns pets. 
It could be worth a gift package valued at $70. Tell them what's in the package, Judy. In the package, they're going to get the Simple Solution Stain and Odor Remover. It's the original one just for your everyday pet messes. Oh, very cool. Then you're going to get an all-natural pet stain and odor eliminator. Get rid of those stinky odors. Okay. It also includes a carpet pre-treat product for those really tough stains. Mm -hmm. And there's a specialized hardwood floors cleaner. Isn't that cool? And then to top it off, you get a UV spot spotter that you can go around in the dark and see all those stains. See those pee spots. (laughs) How do you pick up on this package? Well, just tell us your outrageous cleaning problem that you have at 1-866-405-8405. We actually just had a cat call in and he said, you should see the mess I'm working on for my guardian (laughs) right now. He wants to win, huh? Yeah, and you can call in all week, 1-866-405-8405. By the way, if you're just tuning in, we're welcoming a brand new member to the Animal Radio family, Dr. Jill Richardson. I forgot to tell you about my favorite pet at Zoo 2, and don't tell my hamster bear. Okay. (laughs) it's Tank. He's a bulldog, and he's from a bulldog rescue. And his Ooh. owner had gotten him from a bulldog rescue when he was a little puppy. He's so adorable. He's like a magic dog. I take him for walks all the time, and everybody comes up and talks to me and stuff. Um, straight, and he he always attracts you know men to you. You know what I'm oh. saying? Oh. <laughs> he's a really great dog, and he's so adorable. But he is he's always in the hospital. He has a real sensitive stomach. Mm. About three weeks ago, he was on IVs in the vet clinic on his deathbed. Practically, he had really bad gastritis. Mm. Um, oh. About last week, he got bit by a snake on his chin. And in between that, he has he has really bad skin. Bulldogs have the worst skin. They're really prone to a condition called pyoderma, which is like a um, like a pussy dermatological irritation, and it has a lot of yeast buildup in it, Uh so it can smell sort of funky. But he's so cute. How old is he? Adorable. He's only um, he's about a year old now. Oh wow! He's just really cute. So let me. He does high fives. High fives, he, huh? Yeah. I'll have to send you a picture. I have a picture. Do you watch Seinfeld? Yes. Do you remember whenever George did that sexy photo for the lady at the oh, photo yes. studio? Yes, I do. There's a picture of Tank, and he's laying like that on a sofa. <laughs> it's so cute. Well, I'll have to send it to you. Do you take Tank out for lunch every day trying to pick up men? Is that what's happening? I do. I do. <laughs> yeah, don't tell anybody. Yeah. <laughs> and it's working out really well. <laughs> he's a magic dog. Instead of he's a magic man, Mama, he's a magic dog. He's a magic dog. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. This is Glenn Close on Animal Radio. And remember how very, very important it is to spay or neuter your pet. In August 2005, Hurricane Katrina roared across the Gulf Coast. Many people were forced to separate from their beloved pets. A few reunions were covered on national TV. But what happened to the rest of those pets? Find out in Katrina Tales, a feature-length documentary on the people and pets of New Orleans in the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina. Available only at KatrinaTales.com or through Transit Media, 800-343-5540. $29 including shipping. Visit KatrinaTales.com or call 800 800- 343 And welcome back to Animal Radio, 1-866-405-8405. 
Hope you're gathered around with your animals. I've mentioned this before. We actually have two shows going on. One at this normal frequency right here that humans can hear. Uh-huh. And one for your dogs. They can hear a lot of... And cats, too. They can hear high frequencies. Do you throw in some little subliminal messages in there for them? Well, it's, it's educational. It oh. tells them about humans. That's what it's really about. So okay. two shows going on at once. Bring your animals around. Your goldfish, your iguana... Or, in my case, my first pet was uh, a Chia pet. Okay, <laughs> I admit it. I, I had to start out with a Chia pet. one 405 8405 Dr. Jill Richardson, better known as Dr. Jill, welcoming her to her new home here at Animal Radio. What was your very first pet? My very first pet was a rabbit named Jeannie. I named her after I dreamed of Jeannie, and she was gray and white. <laughs> so a rabbit. And a rabbit. she moved to the country. <laughs> she she moved to the... Is that what Dad said? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what my dad told me. One day I came home and Jeannie was gone and they said she moved to the country. Is a rabbit a good starter pet? Um... Yeah, I just wouldn't want to start them with a very young child because you have to handle them with a lot of care. Um, but you can have a rabbit and treat it like a house rabbit and um, litter box train it. And it's almost just like having a cat at home. You just have to take extra care because they do chew up wires. Mm, okay, yeah. Bob Barker was telling us that he has a, a room full of rabbits. It's his TV room. He put a brand new TV that the producers gave him in the mm-hmm. room. Uh, didn't hook it up or anything, but the rabbits ate all the wires. So they, they eat wires and they do need to be neutered and spayed just like cats and dogs. They do, yes. they do. And it's tough to spay and neuter a rabbit because they metabolize the anesthesia real quick, so oh. you have to be very fast. Oh, I didn't mm. know that. I'm glad yeah, that's your job. start job. waking up on the table. Yeah, Uh-oh. you wouldn't want that. <laughs> no. one 405 8405 Hi, who's this? Uh, this is Richard from the West Coast. Hi, Richard from the, the whole West Coast, huh? Yeah, well, down... Down the southwest corner of Washington State. I okay. like it. Okay. Hi, Richard. How are you doing? Pretty good. How are you doing? Good. Good. Hey, I had a question. Is is uh, I got a little Maltese, and uh, you know they're always talking about when you should clip their nails and everything. And I just wonder when when should you really clip their nails? His 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 looks good. You know when he lays on me, I mess with his feet and that, and he doesn't jump around. The only one is his. Like his dew claw will get a little long, and I'll snip that. But I don't—I hate cutting his nails too much, you know. And I just wondered what what the procedure, what it is normally that people, you know, what's the best time to do that? <laughs> I guess. Well, you know, um, dogs like people will have their nails grow different different lengths, um, different time periods. Some dogs' nails grow really long very quickly, and then some that are more, um, especially dogs that are on the pavement a lot can actually work their nails down pretty short themselves and you don't really have to do much um, clipping but the dew claws are really important especially with a hairy dog like a Maltese um, if you don't clip the dew claws they can actually curve over and go right back into the skin it looks like a ram's horn almost it'll go it's horrible and it can get infected so you want to keep a close eye on that um, what I usually recommend with people is um, if you do have a dog you could just take off the tip of the nail you know maybe every you know Every month, maybe, if, if your dog doesn't seem to, sounds like your dog doesn't have a, um, a nail growth, you know, issue there. And just take off the very tip of it. Just, you know, take it off. You want to make sure that you look for the quick, and there'll be a, which is the part that would bleed if you clip it too short. Um, so you want to make sure you don't clip that area or the, or the dog's um, nail would bleed. And always it's good to be prepared, you know, because even despite your best attempts, sometimes you may snip it too short and the dog's 
toenail may bleed. So you might want to pick up some um, the styptic powder or the styptic sticks just in case that does happen because um, they get really excited and nervous when it bleeds and they'll bleed a lot and it can be very messy. Um, and it's better to be safe than sorry and have it on hand and most likely you won't have to use it. Um, but I just, you know, just keep an eye on it. And if your dog does do a lot of walking on concrete or, um, you know, you probably might not even have to clip the nails. All righty. I just wondering, you know, I just like to keep him in fairly good shape, you know. Yeah, yeah. He's a pretty good little Yeah, mark. and you can, you know, with the, his nails are white, right? Are his nails white? Yeah. Yeah. And if you, you look at him, too, um, with Maltese's, it's usually clear at the top, and then the part that's that's growing in, um, you know, the excess part is usually like a more of a white color. So you can sort of just take a quick look at it. And if it does look like it's a little pointy or sharp, you know, just take a pair of um, nail clippers and just, you know, just take off the tips very gently. You know, don't go too far up. And you can even use a file to file them down a little bit, too. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Dr. Jill. Thank you. Yeah. Try that. Yeah. Thank you for your call, Richard. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. Have you heard of these quick finders? Oh, I've heard of that. I saw it on TV. I have never tried it though. It sounds too good to be true, but I've <laughs> never, I've never tried them. What happens to a dog's nails if you don't trim them? Well, if, if um, you know, my dogs are usually running around and, and their nails are fine, and I've never had to clip their nails. Um, they usually just grind it in themselves. But if you don't clip them, they can get very long, especially I've seen it a lot in older dogs. They'll have mm-hmm. really long nails, and they'll start folding over, and then it'll go into their foot pad. Ooh. So it can be, um, that point can be very painful. If you can imagine, that's so sensitive on their, their paw pads. Mm-hmm. Um, so, But in general, usually, you know, an active dog, can keep most of its nails down pretty well. People that have wood floors tend to try to keep them a little bit shorter, or if they have kids they don't want them to scratch, they'll keep them shorter and file them down a little bit. What about cats? How often and should their nails always be cut? Because we have one cat here in the studio. We don't even touch her nails, but she makes noise across the hardwood floors. And then we have yeah. other cats that are well, more amiable. Yeah, you do want to keep an eye on it because, again, their nails can grow out long and go right, you know, grow over in a circle and do a ram's horn and go right into their paws. So keep an eye on that, especially the dew claws. But cats tend to uh, have What are that, the dew claws? Oh, they're the, the claws on the side that don't touch the ground when oh. they're walking. Okay. okay. They're up on the side of their foot. Um, they don't really serve a purpose. Some dogs don't have them. Um, some cats don't have them, or they may have two or three instead of all four. Um, but those are the ones you want to keep a closer eye on because they're not going to have any touch with the surface. Mm. But with cats, look, with my cat, I usually clip her nails once a month. But, you know, cats take care of themselves. They're into grooming and beauty and glamour. So they're always bathing themselves and they're always scratching their nails to keep them nice and sharp and things. So they can keep their nails in, in pretty good shape. But it's always good to, you know, clip their nails at least once a month, especially if you do have kids or if there's um, somebody in your house that doesn't want to be scratched. Remember to spay or or neuter, always Always adopt, adopt, and and don't don't declaw. I think there's a time difference. Hold on, hold on, hold on, Dave. Uh, Spay or neuter, always always adopt, adopt, and don't declaw. This is Animal Radio Network.